Hello. And you were multi-tracking on eight tracks. Yeah. Mic check. Mic check. You want to do that one, Shane? Check, check. Check. Cool. Check, check. You guys are good to go. Every, like, 23, 24 minutes, do that. And then... Yeah. How do I stop recording? Huh? Right Space bar. Okay. So, um, what about all the uh, things there? Like, like, if we turn the volume up and down, does that just affect our headphones, or does that no. affect how it? That affects how like, the input into the. What do you? So why are they all different then? Huh? Well, they're all a little different. Because some people have different speaking levels. You plug it in. So your inputs on this are four through, or three through six. Do you mind if we just keep our same seats? It's uh. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like this. You want to switch? No. Okay. Is that cool? Yeah, no, that's fine. Plus, you know more about that thing. If you need to press a button or something, you can just reach over. Don't plug. Don't plug anything in over it. There. Do you want some fruit leather? I got two in here. No, thank you. Here, plug this okay. in. It's been there the whole time. I know. Just I like doubt the vape is going to turn it in. No, I know, but we can't have anything plugged in. Except you can't have a vape? No. Okay. Except the computer. I'll plug it in here. Am I in focus? Caleb's like a mastermind of instruments. It's the best when you eat on a podcast. People like that. They do. It's like an ASMR. Um, you want to you wanna start us, Billy, with your classic line? Are we rolling? We're rolling. Yeah. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everybody. Nope. Yes, welcome to the T- TLT. I'm eating fruit leather right now. TLT. <laughs> you do it. Welcome us. All right, welcome everybody to the Welcome to Lose podcast. We have <laughs> Drew. You said welcome to lose. Is that what you meant to say? All right, welcome everybody <laughs> to the Learning to Lose podcast. We have Drew, <laughs> Billy, uh, Shane, and myself, Woody, and the dog Chip here with us today. Um, and Caleb came to save the day. Caleb came to save the day. We had about an hour of an absolute trash podcast before that, so I'm glad we got to get got to get this out of our system for you all. Hmm. And um, I think Billy said he was going to just rapid-fire questions. Okay. So I got questions. Let's I'm the it. inquisitor. Let's, let's do <laughs> it. First of all, when you say skateboarding is a big part of your life, what does that mean? I don't like, what is that? Well, it's... um, It, it was the... F- it was who it's like who I identify like who I was at a young age. It's like what I identified myself with. It gave me a life. It gave me friendship. It gave me a family. Like I did sports, and um, I remember I was really big into ice hockey. And one day I was getting like ready to for practice, and I just looked at my mom and I was like, "I just want to go skate." As corny as that sounds, what and age is this? I don't even know. I was fucking little though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really little, and um, 
then it was just like all just skateboarding. And then, yeah, it must have been right before freshman year of high school. And then um, that's how I like you I mean met. That's when you started? Or? Well, I met I when my neighbor skated and he was like, let's go to the skate park. And I remember being, it, it was like really scary and shit at first. Yeah, and intimidating. Yeah, but there was this one kid there named Felix, and we thought he was, like, the coolest kid. And I remember going back home, we're like, yo, that kid, Felix, is so cool. Then summer ended, and I go to my first high school, and we're in the auditorium for, like, the introduction day or whatever. And sure enough, that kid, Felix, was in there, and he remembered me, and we sat together, and me and him just ended up making all these friends with these other fellow skateboarders. And me and him became... The closest of friends, and every day after school, I'd be at my local skate shop. Like, if I wasn't skating, and I wasn't home, and if it was, like, raining, like, I was at that skate shop, and they would just make us work, and, like, we'd take out the trash, we'd sweep, we'd mop, we'd, like... Oh, shit, so you guys were welcome there. Yeah, oh, it was family. Like, we'd go get food for them, like, we'd have video premieres, like... One time on Go Skate Day, we, like, took over the whole street. Like, it, it was, like, a whole clubhouse. It was kind of like Graceland in a weird way. It was just, like, that was where you went. And that's where I met all my friends. And none of our friends went to the same school. We all met oh. downtown skating. And it was, like, skateboarding was everything. And then wow. the bar happened. But, like, if it wasn't for my local skate shop, Eastern Border... Like, all my friends, it all comes from skateboarding. So it was like a little mom store? Yeah, I think that's the, that is skateboarding. Like, that to me, that's what I think skateboarding is for so many people in the world. It's just, like, your local skate shop. Or at least it used to be. Maybe I got the last, like, lick of it ever since, like, mm. social media and the internet. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, support your local skate shop. It's, like, back where I'm from respectively i mean it's like fuck zoomies like you go to your mom and pop shop mm. like those are where you're getting your boards from those are the dudes that will hook you up with your shit like you don't go to like some fucking chain mall skate shop you know that's mm. lame or at least that's how i was like raised in the skate culture that i was in it was very like you stick to your roots and that type of thing those are the people i looked up to like the older guys the fucking crusty dudes that hang skating like the gnarliest pool coping and shit and those are my heroes that's cool so you it sounds kind of like a dream man like i wish i was in a situation like that when well I that's kid. skateboarding i mean i'm sure he can agree like skateboarding it's like a way of life it's an art you're an artist in a in a very um what's that word it's like oh, i can't think of it Niche? No. you're an artist in a very like forceful i don't, I don't know how to if, if you mixed battle and art i think you'd get skateboarding i, I mm. heard a guy reference it as a violent ballet that's huh. perfect yeah that's the best way to fucking violent ballet it. yeah it's good i mean and if it wasn't for like you california guys like it wouldn't we wouldn't even be where we're at but now what do you guys do in the winter i mean is there like inside you still skate park? new york city is the best like Growing up, we would go to New York every winter when we'd have breaks because what's cool about New York City and why people even want to work underground in New York 
is underground in New York in the winter. It's so warm, so all that snow is melting. So it's cold as hell out, but there's no snow. In New York, you can skate fucking everywhere. Same with, like, Philadelphia. I don't understand underground. What do you mean there's underground in New York? Like yeah, under, subway under, system. Like, okay, there's the subway system. Yeah. All, like, is that, and that's where you would go in the winter? Oh, no, you can skate, like, realistically anywhere in New York during the winter. There's not that much snow. Like, like there'll be snowstorms, but it goes away pretty quickly. So it's kind of wet, but you can still skate. It's, like, slippery a little bit, or what? Well, I mean, it can be slippery and cold, but, like, I've spent a lot of winters skating there. And, Mm. like, even Philadelphia, like, you got FDR Skate Park. That's under a highway. Like, you can still make do. But out here, it's obviously, like, a million times better. Plus, you guys have, like, smooth grounds, and whereas back east... All the erosion and whatnot. There's a lot of cracks in the ground and holes, and you get fucked up. Hmm. But out here, everything's really smooth. You mean fucked up like you hit a crack unexpectedly and fly? Yeah, if you (laughs) fall, it's going to, like, pull your skin. Oh, okay. Well, he's you're from out of state. Yeah, he knows. I mean, goddamn. Yeah, I can agree with what he's talking about. Were you that young when you started? Yeah, I was young. Same and, stuff. And friend, instant friends and all that kind of thing. Right? Yeah, I had more friends, just like he said, outside the school system that I went to school at. And like a lot of people older than me. Mm. When I was 17, my my best friends were like 27 and 30. Wow. Mm-hmm. Really? Because they, want, they wanted to skate, but people their age weren't really skating as much. Right. But I was always skating. And so... Was that like an everyday thing? Uh, yeah. Yeah, when you're that age, dude. Like, like I smile now thinking about it because, like, that to go back to, like, the feelings of, like, getting out of school or, like, leaving school earlier, like, getting your board and, like, going skating or, like, I just remember going home and watching America's Stay Gold video like over and over and over and then going to skate and like, I don't know, no drug reliance, like wasn't addicted to anything. Just like Mm. waking up at like 5 a.m. meeting all the homies downtown before school. Like to go back to that, man, like God damn, dude. Like that does sound amazing. I would fucking do anything. Skateboarding is, it was everything. Like as I'm sure like anyone, any, one would have any of their passions, you know, but something about skating is so you're connected to the streets on like a wild level. Like you're not a tweaker. You're not a nine to five guy. You're not a construction worker. You know, you're like, I don't know. You have this relationship with curbs and electric boxes and like just certain aspects of the city that you're not going to find anywhere else in the world like your your appreciation for architecture and just like everything the city itself it, it just goes beyond it was cool because graffiti artists would get it yeah. it would take me to places that i wouldn't go for any other reason yeah like I, i've been to a lot of the neighborhoods around los angeles and it's they're completely random. You get different experiences with different cultures, and and I'm just thrown into it for for that purpose. 
for for that purpose, yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Uh, it's, it brings a lot of people together. And I know it's um even in the um AA community as well, there's like a lot of like Andy Roy. He um a fucking legend, he's in the program. It like skateboarding it I don't know. You could go on and on and on about Cool. Well yeah, I like I like that descriptive answer. Thank you. And you still skate fairly often? Yeah, not no not definitely not as Just here much as fucking I was. I'm barely skating now. I can't like the last time I went to the skate park, I'm pretty sure it might have been a couple of days after I graduated this place. It's been like mm. Just constantly working, and when I'm not fucking working, I'm trying to like make music or like working on my music, and I'm exhausted. So it's it's it sucks now, you know. To be honest with you, I'm doing everything like younger me would be so pissed off about, you know, like how could you? But I'm trying to. You gotta work in some. Yeah, I gotta work. I guess it sounds like it must be. Oh yeah, it's my life for sure, but. If I could skate more, I'd be. I'd probably be more mentally. I'd have more clarity, and I'd. I think I'd be spiritually more fit than I am right now. Yeah, that relationship with the streets you talked about, I definitely painted a picture in my mind. I almost well, have an emotion attached to well, it. Well, I mean, like me. <laughs> it clears your head like nothing, like ever. Like I mean, like you get dumped by your girlfriend or something bad happens, like go skate. Yeah. It almost reminds me of this song. But anyway, <sighs> I forgot all my other questions. Damn. I got a couple. Damn. Okay. So you guys were talking about just your like Drew's going through something. Um you're going through something. Billy's always I feel like every I'm time so I see cool. you, I'm like, "How are you, Billy?" and you're like, "This fucking vertigo, man." And I'm like, You know, I guess you don't really put yourself in other people's shoes because you don't have to walk around with vertigo every You have day. no idea what it's like until you yeah. get a thorn stuck in your side that you can't pull out ever. But, yeah, it's a thing that happens to people. I mean, not this, but Are you ever just, show. like, sick of being, like, people ask how you're doing and, and it's almost like they don't feel you? No, I appreciate the sympathy. I mean... You know, it's nice, and it, I think it helps a little bit because I'm so isolated. Like, I think alcoholism, like, I was just thinking about this today, and I I know, like, I don't know how you guys stand on all this Bible stuff and everything in God, but it's a lot, and I'll talk about it, and I'm just going to say things the way I say them, okay? You know how they talk about the Holy Spirit? Yeah. You know what that means is it's the whole spirit. As far as I know, that means whole spirit. And so, like, I was thinking, like, as an out, as a human being, I separate myself from everything, right? Like, from the trees and from you guys in the world and how everything kind of flows. And then, as an alcoholic, I even separate myself further. Like, I'm not even like you guys. I'm not even like other people. I'm this soul-surviving cell that's outside the body. And it's a shitty, fucking painful place to be. And when I can start praying and talking to God into my head and talk my way back into being part of the whole spirit 
part of the flow, sometimes I can actually step in and I feel this oneness with things and that to live and die is just part of the cycle and like it's all the way it's supposed to be. He says that a lot. This is how it's supposed to be. And yeah, I'm a human being and human beings are actually pretty frail and they die and they get born. Um, Why did I get into all that? I appreciate sympathy and community and that's why I was happy to see you guys tonight because it's hard to suffer alone. Even before I had any physical ailments, I've been an alcoholic and, and a fucking suicidal nutcase since I was like 14 or whatever, so... Yeah, I feel like people are like scared to say the word Holy Spirit around me. Yeah, because you're like anti God. I'm not anti God. I'm just I I what I believe in is that the way you explain those things, I'm all the way with it. You know, you're talking about the Holy Spirit. It's the whole Spirit. It's a way. It's it's your form of spirituality and or religion. And you didn't try to like definitively say that you knew how God became about exactly what god is and you didn't force that on me i get very i hate to say it but confrontational when somebody starts acting like they know exactly the answer and i've been confused about this my whole life and i've tried the church route so i just start without even knowing it just like debating them on god and religion and and how you know and it just doesn't fucking matter. There, there's that. That's why people go to war over this conversation, and it's why people don't talk about it at the dinner table. But um, they I'm just saying. Well, I just yeah, gotta yeah. say they don't know. Well, they I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody but that's knows. that's why I get. Tight. I I think yeah. I think like yeah, I think God really I think God just presents himself presents himself in like a variety of different ways for people to understand. And I think that church is a big part, like a community for a large spectrum, a large body of people to literally come together and like hang out like a gang in like kind of a, like a, an adorable way. Like I think that like there's as a human race, as humans, we need something outside of our job or our family, like something we can identify ourselves with, like something to like, in the cleanest way to say it, something to like suck the tit from. Like we need something to like fucking, to like cling to, to find like a source of meaning. So like in a lot of people, like the way I believe in destiny and a path, and I think a lot of people's path they cross over with other people and they need to be with each other in a certain group. And I think the church is a perfect place where a lot of people can come together and do that. Like to me, I don't go near the Catholic and Christian thing because I have like my own problems with how those things are run. But I think at the end of the day, it's all, it's all the same message. It's like, you can say, I love you in a thousand different languages and I'm all, we're all saying the same fucking thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's at the end of the day, I don't, I may not understand the politics of these religions, but the what they're getting at, the conclusion they're getting at, is in a base of community. So whether it's the music scene, AA, the skate park, a church, you know, or fucking your football team, like, I think you'll find God in the meaning of, like, why we do and why we live in all of those places. I just think other people don't agree with other people's because the Yankees are better than the Red Sox. Hmm. What yeah. about uh, 
And oh, I was just gonna say like, and you were having some health concerns as well. I just didn't. Sorry if I just went off. Right <laughs> no, you're no, good. No, you're good. You're cool. good. No, I, I, I know. I, I asked Billy, and Billy is dealing with the vertigo thing, and on the the really trashy pot, like not trashy, but the 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 duller form of the podcast we just tried before this. I feel like you were <laughs> you were you were getting into it. Yeah. So so what you're asking me about. The health problem or uh, the health part problem, and if you want to like, yeah, and God, whatever. I, I, well, I, I liked the uh, the God topic mm-hmm. with with religion. Yeah, and and I think that from from my perspective, that organized religion is somewhat. It's changed. It's it's mutated. Where it's it's. The message, the original message, isn't the same as where it started. Yeah. And, and, and it's, there's too many people that put their hands in the cookie jar and said, ah, I think it should be a little bit like this and a little bit like that. And over hundreds of years, thousands, it's not the same thing. Yeah. It's changed. Well, you and, hear and, and all I, the time that these are really metaphors. No, this is literal. Right. And, and I don't think a lot of the people that are reading the book they don't know how to actually interpret it could you say that people interpret the book to fit the narrative of what they want to believe yes. sure yeah sure. what else could you do but but i think the same thing is, has helped happened with alcoholics anonymous yeah where where meetings have changed it's mutated it's it's diluted as they say at prime time and I'm I'm not actually hearing the message of recovery when I go to a lot of meetings. Do you feel the need to carry that message? And is oh, abso- that why you still go? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm responsible for carrying the message. Do you think that I've been the same way and I've like known a lot of people that feel that way? And my question to you is, do you personally think that develops a um, spiritual hierarchy? A hierarchy in the program, like you know, you see the guys at the meetings that they show up and they're like, "I have the answer. I know this is the message, and I'm going to carry the message." And really, there's only a select few people that can tell them shit. I th- I think that there's it's a hierarchy, but it's an illusion. I see. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. I'm not saying that's it, you. You seem like a really humble a, guy, and I would like definitely talk to you at a meeting and definitely learn something. I'm just saying but, there's people like that. Well, I, I see a hierarchy where there's a sponsor, and he says, you call me every day at 6, and, and if you don't call me, you're cut. Like, there's some sort of weird dynamic of a relationship where there's like a subordinate to a dominant. Yeah. And, and I, I don't understand how that works. Uh, it, it, it seems kind of like a hypocrisy. It's like a threat. You want to mm-hmm. still, I'm going to threaten your sobriety to you. If you don't do exactly what I say, I, I want nothing to do with you. I will cut you off. It's, it's abusive. Yeah. I, that's, that's how I feel. And like any relationship, there should be like a, a flow. There should it, be a flow. And I think Billy and Pat's sponsor, sponsor relationship is very flowy. Well, it's become flowy. It didn't used to be like this. I mean, I never told him, call me. I was surprised he called. He kept calling me for like years. <laughs> How long were you Pat's sponsor? How long have you been? <sighs> oh, 
okay, my kid was just born and she's nine. So if I'm still his sponsor, it's probably been around 10 years or close to. God, that's so So weird. he was already sober for, what, eight years? Quite a while. So Pat was your first and then your daughter was your second that you were teaching life to. <laughs> right around, yeah, yeah. He says all the time, though, you're like the yin to his Pat's not yang. the same person that I met. He's not the same person. He's, de- yeah. Better. He's he's better, yeah. He's, he's yeah, yeah. Um, That's, yeah, he's constantly, like, doing therapy and working on um, the 12 steps. And, you know, I think that it's kind of for funny somebody to You know be, how you say, I'm sorry, but you know how you say there's that hierarchy? I thought I knew what I was talking about when Pat came to me. Yeah. And that might have been what attracted him. But now, 10 years later, I've learned so much from Pat. Yeah. Like, and I, I don't see, even know my life without it. Without I see his you influence. like, I see you like willing to learn from your sponsees. And not, yeah. not everybody can do that. Which yeah. is kind of like what he was saying. It's like you're like the, what you'd like to see. And that, well, that's what. I've been talking to Billy a lot lately. Yeah. I don't have a person that I identify as a sponsor that I call asking for help. I have a community of friends mm. Mm. that I'm just honest with. Accountable. And, yeah, and Billy's one of them. Right. And we talk, and, and neither of us are above the other, but we help each other tremendously when we talk. And and it's a good... Uh, trade of information yeah yeah yeah. and i, I feel I, that way I, with you with yeah 100 percent. and i agree like when i take these people through the house they start off fucked off and then they get a little bit less fucked off and by the time they're done i can only teach them so much and eventually they they blossom into people that like oh i'm like damn i could learn some shit from them mm-hmm. too and like we just accelerate that process with working through one another so much here at graceland by the time that they're done i'm like damn this is a respectable person and they're indiv- they like have individuality and i can learn from them a, a guy came when i was having my little meltdown the other day and he's a graduate of the house and and he uh it was jared he he's like you know woody if you ever want to go to the gym or do some book work sometime, let me know. And the way I look at it as us doing book work together is nobody's sponsoring any, each other. We're bouncing ideas off each other and we're going through this book together and we're both going to get something out of it. And I feel like the way that the fake hierarchy that we were talking about, if, if that were real, then that would mean me and him couldn't do that. And one person would have to be over the other and if I was prideful, I would be like, well, I taught you everything I know. So, like, let me take you through the book. But he was like, let me take you through the book. I was like, okay, all right. Like, yeah. That Thanks, so Jared. Weird. I need it. You know, I need it bad. That I'm was down that's bad a right funny now. thing with an AA, that, yeah. that thing. I think some people it works for, maybe. Because when they're some new, they need, need discipline to or something. Get put in their place. Yeah, they need to be spanked every day or something. Yeah. But that never worked for me. And plus, I just couldn't follow through there's no way i'm gonna call you at six every day i'm gonna fuck up for sure but some people are like begging like a cry for help they're like i need a gnarly fucking sponsor because yeah. they are like crying for help and they don't know how because they can't keep themselves accountable yeah, so i might i might be work for some 100 percent. 
I don't think any of us really have the answer. I think all we can really search for is like peace of mind and trying to help another person. Well, what happens when 20 years down the line, like those people are begging for help, but socially it's unacceptable to treat a sponsee that way. Oh, the, the guys that sponsor everybody, but don't you're like, who's this guy sponsor? Um, like, cause I feel like one day, like what you're talking about, the way that that sub dom shit, that's not going to fly the same way that we've like progressed as a culture where it's inappropriate to say certain words or refer to people as certain words. I feel like that's going to emerge kind of in Alcoholics Anonymous and you're not going to be able to talk to sponsors like that, or at least it won't be like, it'll be frowned upon. No, it's like this. It's like, that might be true where like the, uh, it's, it's hard to say, but the issue that I do see happening is there'll be somebody with 30 or 40 years sober. And by the time they're done with it, they have been giving it away to all these people. And by, and when the curtains close, it's like, they're the ones who need help with 40 years sober. And I've witnessed that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I've, I've gone to a meeting before I was the, the leader of the meeting. I showed up and there was a guy with like maybe 50 years, close to 50. And he's like, you're the leader. I don't want to hear about your stupid DUIs. I don't want, he was telling me what I should share and what I shouldn't. I was like, perfect display of untreated alcoholism. Hmm. I couldn't believe it. Hmm. And I'm like, I, I know I need to. That's. It, it's a blessing for, yeah. for a demon. I mean, 50 years. I, I don't know if he's like that every day or he was just having a bad day. Right. But it's like. So it's you just, start off with, a, I got seven DUIs. And <laughs> just an absolute drunk clogs. I'm just kidding. No, just a mess. With I you. love drunk clogs. But, but it's like, it was, I do. It was so eye opening. <laughs> it's like listening to he, Forrest Gump. But, but the fact that he thought he had. The right to tell me what was right and what was wrong. Yeah, that's that's yeah. all ego. It contradicts everything you've been practicing for the past fifty years. So it like develops like a god complex. I almost feel like. Hmm. And he made a, a judgment based on what he saw from me, who I was, what I was capable of. Yeah, the expectations. Of he, you. he expected. Yeah, if he knew you at all, he'd know you. There's no, you're not going to share about yeah. that at all. That's not even in your radar. Yeah, and I've never had a DUI, so I couldn't even share about that. Right. So I, I think what happens is is that he's probably been going to that meeting for a long time, and he's seen things that he doesn't like there, and he just wants to try to regulate shit it's ego. all the time. And mm. like he wants the meeting to be the way he envisions the meeting to be. And it's like, His bro, way. like the, the dopest meetings are the ones that kind of just fucking take flight and go a million different directions. It's ego and self. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah so even though he's well-intentioned, it says that right in the literature, even though we're well-intentioned something, and it's like alcoholism, ego and self can attach to anything, even sobriety, even good intentions, it's just so sneaky. That's yeah. why I, I got to be checking myself. Even disease. Right. It becomes toxic because all of us do yeah. it. It turns anything, even good things, toxic. Yeah, and it. you see that as a theme in a, a lot of like even like relationships. Oh, like, fuck. Relationships. You know, pe- no, but people like, that. oh, but I was only, it's like, it's always good intention. You know? right. Are you in a relationship? No. Oh. I'm not. What about you, Woody? Single as a Pringle. 
Yeah, so I uh, I tell myself that I want to be in a relationship, but dude, I'm in, I'm not gonna lie. I just got done. I've been working seven days a week for four or five months. I don't know if it's been five months. I'm gonna say three or four, probably closer to four. And by the end of it, dude, I'm I'm on the back end of it. I probably got like a month left before my weekend job fills my position, just because my mental health's down the fucking toilet. That I couldn't feel anything for another human being and i i tried with a girl and i just i i was so down that all i could do is talk about my fucking self hmm. but i wonder if that would happen even if you weren't working 60 hours a week probably not to the extent that it did it was pathetic i was just crying about my problems it it, it was bad i was not the best form of myself and yeah. i told her that yeah Everyone loved her. She, she came over to the house. Shane was like, I liked her. I was like, bro, I don't oh, know what's wrong. Cool. I don't know what's wrong with me. That the girl. Bailey. The curly hair. Yeah. yeah, yeah curly, yeah. curly, curly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to be at a point that you completely love yourself. And a lot of the time, like, I, I don't want to believe that. Something tells me Drew's got a good answer for me. Yeah, I've I have been single for a long time. Yeah, I, I've been I've dated a lot of women. Okay, but I, I think I have a girlfriend now. Oh, I'm pretty sure you have a girlfriend. Yeah, when, when <laughs> people have been asking me, "Is that your girlfriend?" I, I think that means she's my girlfriend. And I know yeah. you you didn't you were resistant before, but now you're like, yeah, like I asked you before or something. Possibly, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. But uh, but it fell into place naturally. Yeah. How'd you guys meet? From a meeting. Nice. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's the only place I could find a girlfriend. Because I'm on these dating sites and shit, and I <laughs> cannot relate to these normal humans at all. Like, I am just guess I'm not even close to being normal. Yeah, I I'll try for like a day, and then I just can't. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's, uh, it's then on the flip side, you have to worry about the girl in the meeting being as fucked up as you. And oh, it's yeah, like, she definitely is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, have you run across that? She's got good recovery, I'm sure, but... I haven't had a problem. She's so nice. Yeah. That's cool. It's a yet, but... <laughs> yeah. But, uh... That day will, that day will come on your guys' come, sickness. But but it's, yeah. been, it's been phenomenal. I'm having a great time. Well, that's dope. And, and that fills in the void with what I've been up to. I've, I've been able to share my time with someone that I like spending time with. Did you guys start hanging out before you started having these health issues? So Drew's been having, uh, I don't know, no. I don't, I don't know what. It's like a muscular nervous system issue. Yeah, his muscular nervous system is kind of breaking down. That's what it feels like. Yeah, or it feels like it's deteriorating, and he's he's searching for answers right now. But um, he's a very active guy, skateboarder, and he had to transition into kind of like a slower role, and he's trying to put it all into God, right? Pretty much. That's the only uh, choice I have. So l let's get a little bit funky here now. So can you tell me how you like practically like you're at work and you have to practice this with the pain, with the muscle thing, being at work, just like your day like today? Because this, this is an all the time practice for us, right? And then when we get away from it, I'll speak for myself. I can be in hell within an hour. 
I get like it. literally hell. Yeah, no, I I understand. And that's alcoholism. That's not really has anything to do with the circumstances of my physical issues, which I have. I don't think that's where it gets touchy. It gets touchy, but yeah. So I'm just curious. Are, are you able to like kind of reiterate like a moment where you go to this power and and what kind of way you do, what degree or what you say in your mind or how you achieve that what would you call it being treated getting treated the solution for alcoholism right well well today i was working and then um the the pain it fluctuated throughout the day but there was a point like around 2:30 where i'm working and i'm i'm gathering things to complete an order to put on a table and the, the pain came up into my right shoulder and it I haven't really had it there that much and it made me scared and I'm like what if I pinch a nerve what what if it goes into my neck and I can't twist my head that's that's what I'm telling myself I'm I'm creating a scenario based on the limited information that I have and I'm believing I'm telling myself well, this I, I'm believing it I do it. that too with mine cuz it has and it can get worse it can so, get yeah. worse and so I'm in fear and then I just, I look at my sheet and I have to gather all these things. And it seems overwhelming at the time. I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. This isn't going to happen. When, um, you, when you say the pain, can you like give me like from zero to ten, zero, none, ten most pain you can imagine? Like, just I'd, so I'd say like a seven or an eight. Oh, shit. Okay. It's scary. Yeah. So... I look at my sheet. I have all this stuff I have to gather that's left. And it seems overwhelming. And then I just break it down and I say, I just got to do one thing at a time. I have to stay present, focus on what's directly in front of me, and just do one thing at a time. Mm. You said that. You texted me that. Something about slowing down is achieving or something. I remember the other day. Because I have to do the same thing. It's like, if I'm dizzy, let's just try to get to Starbucks. Because that's where I'm meeting my daughter. I'm saying break it down even further. Like, every time I gather one of these items, I have to take a highlighter and push it across the sheet of paper. And I focus. I try to focus and stay present from the left side of the paper to the right. And then I put it down, and I push my cart. And then... Is it like it, you're going in slow motion? It's almost, almost like, I, yeah, and I have to, I have to slow down. Yeah, no, I've noticed that too. And actually, the work gets done the same amount of time. It just feels slow. Like your mind is actually, it's, a, it's an, doing something. Right. It's it kind of reminds me of like road rage. You ever see someone like like you're driving normal, and then someone will whip past you, and then you just end up with the red light together. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah, yeah. it's just like you feel embarrassed for them. Right. It's kind of like that. I like it when when that happens, someone comes whipping around you, they break, they're at the light, and they're stopped. But oh, I'm and just, it turns but, green, but and I'm, you need to go right on by. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the best. That's, that's, that's a favorite. good one. Yeah. yeah. But that's that's the same concept of what I'm doing, but I'm not, I'm not uh, in that anxious, nervous, moving around all fast state of mind. I'm present, and I'm, I, and I try to talk to God. And I think of, about Jed McKenna, and I try to practice 
what, what is it that I want? Like we've been talking about, my, my wants are self. And what is it that I want? Why, why am I suffering? Is there ever like a minute where you, you tell yourself, it's okay to be selfish right now? Yeah. Like, yeah. even with trying to kill ego and self, like every now and then I feel like it's like, it's okay to be selfish. What is, what's funny is there's this weird cross section between being selfish and being humble where this is something that I've encountered as of recently. And then it's like, sometimes I'll get the pain will get so bad. Like I'll, I'll have like a nervous tingle in my muscles. Like I'm going to pull something and I'm like, I got to go and just sit down. I have to stop working and sit down. And I feel like, that's selfish, yeah. but also at the same time, it, I've humbled myself. Like I, I can't, I can't go further. I shouldn't. It, it's intelligent for me to to back down and just sit down for five minutes. So like, that's I mean, we it, work a program that basically we're humans, but I feel like addicts were like amplified humans when it comes to selfishness and self centeredness. So we're working a program that tries to counteract that. And um, there are tools that you'll learn in like therapy and other sources of um, self-help that will tell you to develop boundaries where you're like, I'm, but I'm being of service, I'm helping, but it makes you even more resentful than if you don't set the boundary. Right. And I feel like setting the boundary is, is selfish if we go by the AA book, but um. Yeah, it's a fine line. Well, oh, yeah, a, that gets pretty nuts when you start thinking about it. But does that. that make sense? Like a, a cross-section with selfishness, like, a, like a, almost like a healthy selfishness, if that, yeah. if that is anything, and then humility. Right. Like, and then I've also encountered the situation where... It takes humility to practice the healthy selfishness, though. To, to, to practice asking people mm. for help. Which but is still an ego deflation. It's an ego deflation. Yeah. But, I'll, but there'll be things that I can't do. Like, hey, there's this thing. I, I can't lift it. I shouldn't lift it. Can someone help me? When, when, if, I, if I was a tough guy, I could probably do it. But I, but I run the risk of making See, my situation worse. I think you are a tough guy, and it probably it takes a lot for you because you want to do a good job. You want to be a hard worker, and so you have to really fight yourself to ask for help. That's it's, what I see in you. But but so this is it's such an amazing period in my life because I'm growing so much from this. Mm-hmm. Like without this difficulty, I wouldn't have these problems. Mm, not till you get older, anyway. Not till I get older, but I'm I'm learning so much where I'm at, and it's I'm constantly learning. But what would your head tell you um, if it were to get negative? Oh, it tells me all sorts of stuff. Yeah, like, that well. like <laughs> the, the, the same stuff that it tells Billy. Yeah, mm. that just ended all lights out. Yeah, make it stop. It's only gonna get worse. Blah blah yeah. blah. I won't be able to work. Yeah. Just like like imagining imagining myself in a wheelchair, or even better, losing my job, and then like I have this uh, th- this image that I have of me at home. I don't have a job, and I have to figure out what I'm going to do. Like, what's next? 
Like, do I move? What am I going to do with all the stuff in my house? These I, are, this I see is myself what it, homeless, yeah. yeah Cause it, it, because even if you get disability, I've looked into disability because I've been to that point. Yeah. It's like $720 a month. I mean, what am I going to do with that? Ask Johnny Crump. He knows. Well, he doesn't pay rent. But even... But he he will show you. He'll be like, "Oh, there's this little fucking trap house in the hood. It's gonna be oh, four hundred dollars right. a month." Yeah, but and you're but gonna you get the can. GR and the EBT, and then you just trade the EBT uh, for a little bit of meth. He right. knows well, all the junkie yeah, okay. hustles. But I have a kid too, and I I mean that's child support. So does Johnny? Well, that's true. I, I love Johnny. I like Johnny. I do too. Love you, Johnny. Um, yeah, he's funny. He's a character. He was on here a few weeks ago. I bet. Yeah, he loves a good podcast. <laughs> I love Johnny Grant. I want to say one thing about the selfish thing because I also go to therapy, and the therapy world looks at selfish. They don't. It's they define selfish different than the twelve step programs do. Because I don't, I don't believe it's ever good to be selfish. I think selfishness and self centeredness is the root of my trouble always, and that's what it says right in the book. But that's my definition of self. It's always coming from me. What I want, and even if I want good things, it's still when it comes from myself, it's not going to be good. That's why I need a higher power to escape self. Self is the fucking problem. If I had no self, even if I had no legs and Meniere's disease, I would still be okay because there would be no mental agony. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And I've experienced this. Even at my worst, I have an attack. I'm vomiting everywhere. I can't even get to the fucking bathroom. I'm spinning like I'm drunk. I've had perfect peace in those times. In fact, I've had more peace. Like the world kind of opens up through the top of my head or something. I don't know how to explain it, but all, all I'm trying to say is circumstances, I don't think they matter, even though it really feels like they do. Can I ask you one question, Billy? Hmm. Do you feel like mental health with men gets worse over time? I believe with what? I think that mental health, uh, when it comes to, especially in men, um, late 20s through 30s and 40s and 50s, I believe that mental health gets worse. My point is, is that we, mm-hmm. like, I feel crazier today than I did when I was 18 to 25 to even yeah. 28. My, my point with that is it was still so unbearable when we were younger that we had to turn to drugs and alcohol. And what's fucked up is, is it's still that bad now, but we don't. So then we're just left with the, the firing device that is our brain, just firing information that we can't handle all the time and i think we we need a solution and that is in the 12 steps but i think that we need like therapy is good as well i just want to know like do you feel like it's gotten worse over time for you because i I know it has for me well it says in the book that it's a progressive disease whether you're sober or not or about like just depression though or i i I, i'm sorry no i mean or it dude the way that i look at it is um it's kind of like a softly around genius will kill you it's just the older that you're getting the wiser you're getting and maybe the more truth you're finding in these experiences is driving you more crazy because you're getting the same results as you've faced so many times in different scenarios maybe like maybe you're just gaining so much more 
knowledge and things that it's 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 driving you kind of more crazy no that's definitely a a point too and like i i do believe it's that but i also know like i like somebody told me a fact that mental health whether you're depressed bipolar schizophrenic anything like that it gets worse in your late 20s to early 30s yeah well sometimes usually the onset of that stuff i think it's because now you're a man you're not a fucking 18 year old kid people aren't going to take care of you you're a fucking man now and you become more isolated because the weight is on your shoulders now you're not a, you're not a child and so and like he said you you get wiser and you have more experience um Dude. so you feel like more of a piece of shit because you know when i'm 18 well that's excusable when i'm 28 people are going to start looking at you like you know what the fuck's wrong with you man you're 28 now you're going to be 30 soon yeah it's just you're just getting wiser and i think that's the that's why it's so impressive when you see happy people who are older old people in relationships holding hands because it's just like how'd you do it and i think it's it's mastering the patience and thought i I think if if the whole goal in life is to master having patient thoughts and being able to control our thoughts and just move as slow as possible. But when we have so many thoughts, cause we have so much experience and so much life like you, it's just like you have so much stuff on your board. I don't know. But what, what is, what is your theory? Oh no, I, I just popped the mic. Do um, you go to a therapist? I do every Wednesday, but he's also working with, like he's you're different because just peop- the worst of the no worst. people like it, your situation though like not to speak for you but he's constantly 24 7 socially like working and exposing feelings and like it's all like emotional work yeah, so it's okay. just it, it's constantly like I've thought about Woody in this, and I almost feel I'm sorry. I'm sorry if this is wrong, but it almost feels like you like the abuse, like you're some kind of masochist a little bit, because you put yourself in the firing line, and you take shit hard, also. (laughs) And 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 then you you had enough when you were here, and now you got a second one. Yeah, like it almost feels like somehow like you're getting the punishment you deserve or something in the back of your head maybe i think yeah no no billy's on because like caleb said this a long time ago caleb was like woody just likes the pain (laughs) and i do resonate with that billy that's like something my therapist hasn't told me my sponsor hasn't told me but i do put myself in situations to almost be a martyr or 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 have more pain not because i think i deserve it i think you just love and you're a ride or die. Even though you can be like kind of an know, asshole. I don't know what the fuck. But like I but like yeah. I feel like it's love realistically cuz I know if if it was fucking Taco Bell you you wouldn't be you, sticking around. You, well, no, I'm not talking about like just specifically this job. I'm I'm just saying like in in multiple situations in my life whether it's like a a toxic relationship with with the ex, whether it's like you know, a past job that I continue to show up for, even though things don't change. It's just like the relationships with my parents. It's where I choose to put myself. And I think that it's just a pattern. And um, I think that I was going through a little bit of that here. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to add more to it. And 
at the end of the day, it's just like, bro, no one's going to come save you, dude. You're a grown ass man. Save yourself. Like quit the second job, ask for what you want and like figure out a way that you can just get better. And do you talk to God? I'm just curious. Cause I'm not yeah. sure where you stand with that. Like you're not religious, but you do have a higher power. Yeah. 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 I talk to God. I, I, I do. I probably don't talk to God as much as you guys do. And that's like why I need to take a step back from all of this man-made money, materialistic bullshit that I think that I'm after and go back to the way I felt when I was surfing in the water for the first year of my sobriety, whether that's in surfing or whether and that's yoga or like something dope. You know what I mean? Like, I think I just got to find what fires me up for life again. And I think I've had a lot of stages in my life and I think I need to find the next, the next thing. Well, I think that's my challenge still is talking to God because I forget during the day and that's when I'm not okay and then I go back and reconnect but it's sort of like the challenge for alcoholics I think or drug addicts is to stay connected it says in the the literature like conscious contact I like to sometimes call it constant contact um, as being part of I haven't read that in a while but for me, that's been the solution. That's almost the solution because that's when you slow down. That's when all these things are possible is when you're in contact and it takes mental effort. It takes, it takes like, it's like working out, but in your head. Yeah. God does it. Uh, God does God's part too. Um, even when it comes down to this podcast, because I, this conversation we're having right now, I think is pretty profound yeah i like this better than the first the yeah. first one we like got to know each other a little bit on the first one and now we can talk or something um yeah yeah you know and i i still like i started actually going to the pastor and like the bible stuff i was never really much into that but aa kind of over the years got me into it and the sermon on the mountain and all that I, but it kind of messed with me. It fucked I with bet. my head a little bit because they are so. S- yeah, yeah, yeah. They like really think it's this way. Yeah, and like, and you I, can read the Bible, and you can be in, whoever's interpreting it will interpret it different. Or you could go and be like, "Listen, like, I'm not gonna commit myself to specifically this, but this is a room full of people talking about honesty and talking about doing the right thing and helping others, and that I do, that does fill my spirit." But it's it's uh, to me it's just the yeah it's the definitive it's the hell it's too the, that really it's the me up. Well, the the Pope recently came out and said there is no hell. Oh, so now we can rest easy. We're living in it. Yeah, like <laughs> like what he said. I I think it's just, per, just perception. Living in it. Yeah, that's kind of like, like why I can relate because I'm either in heaven or hell. I'm either treated with the what I just talked about. If I don't treat the disease, I'm in hell. I'm yeah, living. like sometimes I'm like, should I just pull a Michaelis and go to Bali? Might be fun. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's the answer either, but Sorry, we cut you off. he came back. No, you're good. no it, it's just like it's like a it's a deep thought. Like when when you go back to just like psychedelic trips and what everything comes down to like i said it just comes down to attitude about everything and i feel like all real every religion is kind of like a uh a manual about how to have a clear mind and positive thinking and like be a person of love and 
and so I feel like when we die and pass over, maybe that acid trip is a good trip rather than a life filled with fear and just these negative intrusive thoughts that are built around negative natures. We're going to like pass on with that hell type of environment way of thinking. Therefore, because I believe in life after death, I feel like possibly we go on with that negative energy resulting in like a form of hell, like a mm. bad acid trip. You ever think there's possible, just going to be like a, like oh, a yeah, 12 uh, or 13 year old person that just listens to this out there and they're like, what the fuck are they talking about? Hmm. Hopefully there is. Yeah, no, hopefully there is. I'll tell you, I was in juvenile hall when I was 13 and I was coded suicidal and they kept me in a day room with all the other violent and, people and how'd you play with others well or i was a timid little stoner kid i was like yeah um but we had to be under constant observation they call it coded so you get coded with some people are violent some people are suicidal some people are well, they hurt themselves and you're just under constant observation which is actually nice because otherwise you're in a cell by yourself which where's, can get really old really fast what happened Oh, Afterlife. I really want to believe that. So you you 100% on that? Um, Shane? Me? Um, am I 100%? I'll tell you why, because that's where I go now. I have a kid, and I'm getting old, what? and I'm thinking, you know... I'm going to die and everything that ever meant anything really meant nothing. Well, I have, I have to, cause a lot of like, I'm talking to like ghosts all day. You were talking to ghosts? Yeah. Like the way, Wait, like, what the fuck? No, like the way that, um, I'm constantly like, I, I think I have like a, a clairvoyance in me. I know my sister has it like a motherfucker, but I just, which means what? Just like a, a, a spiritual connection, like a harmony, like I don't. You could probably let me. Get... So like connected, like spiritually, is that? What yeah, you're... and like I, uh, I just feel like I've always connected heavily with in my life with people who have already been dead. Like I don't know. It's, it sounds kind of fucking crazy now that I say it out loud, but um, I've just always had this like really strong relationship. With death. With people that you knew that died or have been dead before you ever Both. Heard? Both, really. You know, like, I, I've... But this is just me, you know? I, I just... I feel that when souls are fulfilled and ready to go on to a next step, that they go... I believe that they go to some sort of place. I don't think it looks like a lobby or, like, a hotel room or anything, but... I believe in. So you do you think they stay the same person, like they have consciousness? Yeah, I think their soul remains, but the soul works through different vessels in various like ways. Incarnation. Yeah, I, I believe in that, but selectively, you know. Yeah. But I, I believe, but I also believe that souls that aren't satisfied with their lives now, that aren't prepared to go on to the next journey, I believe they become ghosts unhappy souls that just like aren't ready to accept the fact that it's over refuse to go towards the light constantly living in their own hell a ghost of what is now but they since they have consciousness that they have a choice to go into the light yeah i, I firmly believe that I, I mean i believe in ghosts i don't know about you 
but perfect topic for Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we, we we can hear Drew. He's just having a headphone issue. Yeah, um, but I think we're good on the audio. We can probably just. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we? Is it all? Are we up there? Yeah, now? we're still good. Okay, I wanted to because I really would like to know. Like when I was younger, I don't know. My alcoholism attacks me as death and meaninglessness, but I feel it in the pit of my stomach. And sometimes I'll ask Drew about that, and he'll say, "Yeah, you totally believe that we move on too, right, or something like that." For sure. And he's like so like oh yeah for sure like like it so sounds so absolute it's like I believe him almost yeah <laughs> what do what do you think happens I think that we go to a place that that our time here is a time where we learn and grow yeah. and we develop as a soul mm-hmm. and then this is like a school and then we go on to to another place. It's a nice platform. To a, like, yeah, I feel like uh, there's infinity. I'm on so, the same tip as you. So I've like, I, I feel like I can speak on this a little bit because I've been pretty close to dead. I've went without oxygen for 15 minutes where just the life's out of me. And, what? you know, I, the, the, they narcanned me and I came back. 15 um, minutes? Are you sure yeah. with that number? Yeah, 15 wow. minutes without oxygen. And, um, I woke up and I could barely read for a month. I would like know who you were and and who you are in my life, but I could not remember your name. I had to like low key reteach myself a lot of stuff just by myself and like going through life. Like when I say I couldn't read, I would know that the red sign meant to stop my car, but I'd be like, what the fuck is it called? Even though it says stop on it. And I'd, I'd, I'd look at it and be like, Oh, it says stop. It's a stop sign. You know what I mean? I just forget all these little, this little shit. Wow, I would look at my boss and be like, what's this fool's name? I don't, I know he's my boss. I've known him for a while. I don't know this guy's fucking name. And I'd go to my coworker. I'm like, what's our boss's name? They'd be like, dude, it's <laughs> JC fool. And I, I, I remember waking up, and it was like nothing happened. Um, I, I I just remember kind of riding in the car and taking the last breath and waking up in the hospital and being like, what the fuck? And then seeing the guy that I was getting high with right next to me, I'm like, oh shit. He's like, yeah, bro, you were almost done. And it was painless, but I don't know what happens. I don't think I left this place. I don't know what happens when you do leave, but... um. I have a fear that it's absolutely nothing. And then I also have a fear that it's even more confusing when you Ooh, leave. More confusing. I don't have that one, but now like, I do. What if Thanks. you're like, like, like we, we see people that are like blind and deaf. Imagine being here, but not being able to speak to anybody and being caught, not even other ghosts, but like being caught in this like alternate universe where it's like, you want to talk to the people that are still living that, you know, that you still care about or the people that you see on a daily basis, but you really can't communicate with them at all. That sounds pretty miserable to me. I don't know if I would want to be stuck there. And I think some people get stuck there. Ghosts. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't b- believe in that, but <laughs> I believe that it's going to be amazing. And it's going to be, there's going to be freedom. Euphoria. Yeah. It's going to be beautiful. 
I'd hope. I'd I hope it is. If I have anything to believe in, I, I'd want it to be that. I'd hate to just entertain the doom and gloom. Yeah. I read a book that was pretty convincing. Maybe that's just like me. I'm sorry, Billy. Maybe that's just me like get wanting to give myself more pain. Like You Billy like says. to go one further with the yeah. pain. Yeah. So you, you figured something out I never even considered. Yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. But this, I read this book that was really convincing, and it really helped me because I was going through a real hard time where I was like crying every day. I think I started to mourn the breakup of my family, but it took like two years for it to sink in. And this lady, this neighbor gave me this book and I read it and it really helped me. And it talked about souls coming back in pods, like the people that you love. You kind of reconnect with them in different bodies. You could be a boy, a girl, whatever, in different lifetimes. But you stay in these pods and you go to learn. And then there is a in between when you die and go before the next life, you kind of get a a reprieve where there's masters and they, and the masters would explain that, yeah, this is a process. And at some point you achieve a certain point where you don't have to go back anymore. If you don't want, or you, something. Go, you go to a different level, but this is a tough one where we're at right now. I wish this, there's a true. lot of pain here. Yeah. It's a lot of pain, but I feel like we have a choice here. We do. We can do constantly. At the end, it's like for sure a choice. There's people that kill themselves all the time. And this guy that I I used to house manage at my other house, um, he told me, he was like, listen, somebody that manages an apartment complex offered me, offered to pay me like a little bit of money to clean out this lady's house. She was a hoarder. One day, she just couldn't take it anymore. And she walked to the train track and let the train hit her and killed herself and he said when he was cleaning out that apartment the family came over to like see what was good with it and they were like whoa said he found like 2500 bucks and he was trying to give it to the family they were just like dude this is crazy these are this house is disgusting they were just like throw it all out keep the money we still have to split up a million dollars in her checking account or in her for her will we were still working that out and he said he he had a realization. Mind you, this guy is from Chicago and he was in treatment in L.A. He said, you know, I thought to myself, if I had a million dollars and I wanted to kill myself, why wouldn't I just go to Tahiti first and see if I still wanted to kill myself by the end of my trip or just move there? And then I was like, wow. And he was like, you know. Right now, I'm, I'm from Chicago. Here I am with you in L.A. He was like, this is my Tahiti. I went through something similar. Yeah. I wanted to kill myself. And I said, well, maybe I, I, I ought to try Alcoholics Anonymous first. And I did. Hmm. I'm still here. What made you cling to that AA? Did somebody plant a seed before? Somebody planted a seed. I had a friend that, a close friend that had good sobriety and he took me to my first meeting. And so that opened up like going through into the rooms, opened up the doors. Like I I saw what was really going on there and it was a safe place. And then I tried to manage drinking and using by myself. I didn't, I didn't want to submit to the program. And then 
I couldn't manage drinking and using. I couldn't manage my thoughts. I wanted to die. And I was really convinced that I was going to do it. But I was like, I don't want to do it. I want to die. I, I, I don't want to die, but I want to die. Somewhere in the middle. For me, it was, I, I realized, now I didn't want to die. I just didn't want to feel pain anymore, is what really is the case. Yeah, that, that's the same feelings I had. Yeah. And then I was like, I might as well try this, because it's all I got. Shane's got a dip. I, I got a dip. All right. He's like, so all this talking about death, I got to go. He's going to go kill himself now. <laughs> no, I got to paint walls in the morning. Oh, yeah. I got work. Is it late? He's going to Tahiti. <laughs> this dog's you, choking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See you around. Bye. Have a See good night. Later. later, Shane. See you later, Maggie. All right, bro. Appreciate it. Does, you think he has hairballs? No, I think he has allergies. Oh. I've never seen a hair ball come out of his mouth. <laughs> it's okay, Bubby. Yeah. Where are we at, boys? I want to get a picture of your little Bubby. Yeah, Bubby's. His little bubby. <laughs> yeah, I like Chip. He's the shit. He doesn't change either for shit. But it is cool to see the progress that he makes. Uh, somebody, I was looking at him the other day, and he pissed me off. He, like, pissed, pissed in the house or something. And um, I was like, oh the the puppy love stage is over and I was like oh is this why they call it puppy love because you get a puppy and you love it until it starts pissing you off and then you have to start trying to tra- train it hmm. that might be it yeah. I, I never really put the thought into it yeah I don't know I think that that's what happened with this little fool because at first it was like yeah do whatever you want piss in the house do this you know and then eventually I was like okay like we're gonna have to change this dude like mm. you're gonna have to change and I've very slowly started to teach him how to do new shit but yesterday he pissed in the house and I, I got mad at him I was like no I don't even want to say it because he'll hear it but I yelled at him and, and you know I put his face in it and I put mm-hmm. him outside and usually he'll just like come right back up to me and like say sorry but he just did not want to be around me he like stayed outside he like felt so ashamed and he was like scared to come up to me for the rest of the night and i was like i did that to my dog too i felt so bad after like yeah i didn't realize it's sometimes they're so young they can't really figure it out or they can't hold it well he's two yeah (laughs) so he's yeah he's stuck in his ways but it it feels fucked up because they're like helpless and they can't help it. Well, he could probably learn how to scratch the door or something. Yeah. That's yeah. what I told him. I said, you ask to go out, Chip. Yeah. But I yelled it. I guess I wanted to say one thing because, you know, we've... How long have you been sober? Three years. Okay. So we've been sober a while. And like this house in AA and people trying to get sober and these kids in here... I've kind of out of touch with that. 
and I forget because there's so much pain in sobriety. Sorry, everybody. There's fucking pain in sobriety. There's we just pain talked in about life. It. In life, but these people, and when I came around, I really wanted change. And it's interesting to see like Shane, and then who came up to you the other day? I saw him at the gym with with Jared Chandon. Yeah, Jared. And I never really connected with him. Didn't think much of him either way. He seemed real kind of timid and standoffish. But he's kind of come into his own. It's 100%. been a couple of years, and he's like, cool. He's he's just he's different. He's a different guy now. And it's pretty profound that. You know, there's there's this, and somebody can come in, and not only can they become, what the fuck is his name again? Jared. Jared. Like Jared, it alters the course of their entire life, and they may not have to feel the kind of suffering we are. We might just be like suffering. Do you think everybody suffers like this? <laughs> I think we do on an extreme level. Yeah. We have the obsessive thought process but every human being goes through difficulties and they suffer just not to our level even within aa or our aas are all kind of like us do you think it would be different if we were all rich no i do I, i i'm like not trying to like maybe i shouldn't Maybe I should like take a different path. But for some reason, my mind always tells me that if I were rich, I would be able to set my life up with the perfect little house next to the perfect little beach with the perfect girlfriend and where I could just set it up to where there was no stress. It's an illusion, but it's a very convincing one because I'll do the same thing. Yeah. Like if I had money, I'd be at least getting laid right now. At least. And I could fucking buy the food. I could hire a chef to cook for me. So I'm not doing dishes 24 seven. I don't know. Like it's an illusion, Billy, without a doubt. Well, I know it's an illusion for one. If I had money and I was getting laid, I would start fixing on that. And she wouldn't be good enough anymore. And it's just, it's just never, yeah, it's an illusion. There's people out there that they spend more money than they earn. And well, there's a lot of people. They're, yeah. they're, they're in the red because they think that that's what they need in order to, to live life properly, to, to make themselves happy. But, but it doesn't add up. No, it doesn't. We remember we talked about buying a house and you work hard to put the down payment on the house and then something goes wrong, and then you have to get another loan. For the roof? Yeah, I thought about that, too, the other day. I was like, dude, what if you just put it all in a house? Not that I have it, but if I got it, I did, what if I just put it all in a house? And then it's like, fuck, plumbing. Then you got to put it in and the plumbing. And there's always some. It's just like you forget that, like, yeah, a new car sounds dope until you got to get it fixed. Same probably happens with a house, but a house is a little bit more permanent, and you're like... It's a lot more expensive. Then you have the equity in the house that you have to trip about, and it's just a whole nother It's kind of like attaching a ball and chain to your leg, in it's, a way. It's a possession that possesses you. Yeah. That's, that's the weird thing of a relationship with the possession, is, yeah, you have that thing... But that thing has you. Mm. 
You can't Whoa. just ab- abandon the house. Like you could, but you're still attached to it. Financially. Financially. It'll ruin your credit if you stop paying the bills on it. It owns you. It owns you. You but can't just pick up and go. You can't. You can't. But the, the less you have, the more free you are. Like imagine the guy that just has the backpack. He's not attached to anything. Damn. But but then it's 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 the compromise. He doesn't have all these things that you would think that would make him happy. It's it, I have to be able to compromise. I have to be able to compromise like Sorry about that. If I want something bad enough, am I willing to put up with the downsides to that? Like a girlfriend? Like a girlfriend. Yeah. The, the the truth is what we're talking about, the treatment, is the only thing. It doesn't matter if you're rich. There's rich people who kill themselves all the time. Looks like they have everything. Yeah, I work at another sober living that's $17,000 a month where you're just the, the richest of the rich and they're like the most fucked up clients that I deal with. Not to say that they're fucked up, but like... We're all fucked up, you know what I mean? But yeah. like if it was truly it seems like money facilitates fucked up is because you can spend money and throw money at things and get more twisted, it seems like maybe. Yeah. I think having just enough money to cover my basic needs and then and then a little bit of some to just like be able to live comfortably. But what about I mean, when you get older and you can't work. Yeah, I I have a retirement. Okay. Well, that's just enough, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That, so I in that in, place. Yeah. I put into that and then hopefully th- that covers it or what, 6%, 10%? Uh, about 6, yeah. About 6. That's what my dad did growing up. Yeah. And then hopefully that's enough. If not, I mean, who knows. Right. I could Get shot and killed tomorrow. And then can I the four one... retirement then? Yeah, Kelly can have <laughs> can it. Can you put my name on it? <laughs> you guys you guys hey it's we just made it real. <laughs> well, I don't have retirement and I'm partially handicapped and um the only thing I have is a rich uncle that might or might not leave me something. I never even knew he existed till I was like thirty something. Did you mend the relationship? Or start well, the I got to know him. I got to know him, and it's actually really kind of nice because he reminds me of my dad, and I can't get near him without crying because he reminds me of my dad. Um, but it was interesting. He allowed me to go. He gave me money and allowed me to go to nursing school, and I got to do something that I wouldn't have been able to do. And it, I was so fucking poor my whole life. Just that little bit he was giving me every month. I was like buying new underwear and shit. That's how poor I've been. It was like a luxury. Oh, fuck, I can go eat something and I can buy fresh underwear. This is incredible. Um, yeah, and whatever. And then I didn't show up for the test and then I did and then I dropped out. Whatever. Um, but thank you, Uncle David and Diana. My Uncle David's a pastor. 
Shoving that Jesus down your throat. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't really shove it. You That's know? good. He didn't really fuck with me at all. You know. Jesus, but yeah. That's the thing, dude. He was the he was the minister, the pastor of the family, and you know, he judged me for every mistake that I made along the way and turns out that he was the one who the church turned their back on him and mm. his wife divorced him and it mm. turned out that, you know, he had an addiction of his own, you know, when it came to like the porn stuff and and I never really felt like I needed to reach out to him because he was never there for me and I don't know if he would even be able to like have a conversation. Mm. You know what I mean? But mm. it's like I was the black sheep and judged my entire life growing up and you know he almost used that as like a a way to separate us. Do you have brothers or sisters? I have a little sister and she's not on drugs or anything like this. Uh, no, my little sister, no, she's not. She's got a kid. She lives in Salem, Mass. Fiance. Kind of normal-ish? No, I wouldn't say that. She's got her own <laughs> issues. She she battles no. with mental health herself, but, oh, really? you know, she's... You think like I, depression? Yeah, depression and just the cognitive distortions of the mind and being in reality, but... Oh. You know, she, uh... Yeah. She think that I'm blocked off from God. She doesn't even believe that anything exists. She's like full blown atheist. Yeah, I don't even understand how you could do that. But that's yeah. just not my my mind. I've always believed, even when I was a little kid, in a great spirit. Like I could just feel the energy like exchange with things. I me too. And I, I try to talk to her but she just is having none of it. So I'm like, well, okay, I mean, cool. she's welcome to believe what she wants. It's just so bleak. I guess there's atheists that seem happy though. I mean I, I see them arguing what's that dude that astrology guy or physicist, that black guy that's Neil deGrasse Tyson? Yeah, him and some other guys. Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan. No, these were all atheists, and they were all arguing why atheism is the truth. And I'm just like, well, you're just on a, it's a different religion. It's called atheist. And they're like defending their religion, is what it seemed it like to a, me. It's, it's, they believe in no religion, but it's that's a religion. A, that's a religion in itself. Yeah. 100%. So who knows? Um, should we, should we wrap it up soon? I know that, uh, it's 10.30. Yeah, we just went for like an hour and a half. We did? Another is, hour and a half? Yeah, I feel like we saved it. Sweet, dude. Does anyone else have anything else I want to say? I'm kind of glad it worked out the way that it did. I know you got to be up in the morning. I apologize.